Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Avenue Church. Again, it's great to see you. And then that cool, our first baby dedication. And uh, so I'm just honored by that. And uh, we, we, we celebrate families. We celebrate what God is doing in your life. And so even next week, we have communion. The week after that, we have um, Water Baptism Sunday as well. And so we're excited what God is doing. And so if you're a first-time guest, we just want to welcome you this morning. And so we're so glad you're here today. Also, Avenue Kids is great, and if you have little ones in here, that's completely fine, but we do have a great uh, kids uh, area, K through 5, 2 and 3 year olds, 4 and 5 year olds, as well as the nursery, and my wife's actually in there as well, loving on babies, and I said, don't get too comfortable, honey, all right, you know, um, as well. I said, I want one, right, and, uh, but she's in there as well, and so we just love families, but if you have Avenue if you have kids, you can feel free to bring them in there during the service. And as well, I just want to just add one more thing to Easter. Pastor Monica did a great job, but we are doing two services for Easter. We have the Easter egg hunt, but as well as after, the Sunday after Easter, we want to do something for us. We want to celebrate as a church together what God is going to do at Easter. And so we're doing a grill and chill. So we're going to have taco trucks. We're going to have free food out there as well, inflatables, stuff like that. But at the taco trucks, we'll keep the price down. And we'll be buying things as well. And so we're excited for what God's going to do in Easter Sunday. So kind of throw your hand up if you're going to bring a friend to Easter Sunday. Kind of throw it up, put it down. And so I'm excited for that as well. So thank you for that. Now last Sunday, last Sunday we had 54 people in growth track. Last Sunday which is just amazing, which is awesome. And through that, we have 30 graduates. And so you could join step three and four and then do steps one and then two. Uh, but we have 30 graduates. So after today's worship experience, we're going to do a graduation up here and take a, a team photo and all that. But people are already serving on the A-team today. So today they're shadowing, they're learning. And so I'm just, I'm just awesome. But it's just awesome what God is doing. Amen as well. So we're in a series right now called Next Steps. And in this Next Step series, today's the final message of a four-part four, four part series as well. And so Next Steps has been a uh, really a spiritual journey. That every single one of us, we have a spirit, but our spirit longs for something. And so step one was knowing God, finding freedom. The third step was discover purpose. And today it's making a difference. That every single one of us in this room, we were built for more. We were built desiring something. And we say, God, what is my purpose? And so I'm going to read in Exodus chapter 6, 6 through 7. And this has been our, our really our theme verse for this series as we close out today. And I want to read this just one more time as we jump in. It says, therefore, say to the Israelites, and this is God speaking to Moses. He says, speak to the Israelites. And say, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will bring you out from slavery. I will, not only will I bring you out, but I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. We talked about that last week. What's that mighty acts of judgment? It's good news for us. And this is what we're going to talk about today. And I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under slavery, out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. 
And so there's four promises that we find in the scripture. Early Jewish culture would call these the four I wills. And so that first promise was, I will take you out, which is no God, which is no God. That we're in a place that Egypt was a place of slavery. And every single one of us, when we're born into this world, we're slaves to sin. And God said, I will take you out from Egypt. So that's step one, that knowing God is such an honor, such a privilege, but it's a gift that he wants to give you today. It's a gift. He says, you want to know me? Here's a gift right here. I just want to give this to you. But then he says that I will, I will free you out. I will free you from being slaves to them. That's finding freedom. And my wife spoke on that a couple weeks ago. She did a fantastic job. But she said finding freedom, that so often God could take us out of Egypt, but he needs to get Egypt out of us. That we say, you know what, I've been delivered from that. I've been restored from that. I've left that. But am I truly free. And that's what God wants to do today, that he wants to take you on a path to freedom. And I'm here to tell you, this is not a quick solution oftentimes. You say, yes, I know God, but I'm still trying to find that freedom. And we want to help you in that step. It's not about levels, not about program, but it's literally what's your next step. So in that finding freedom, that last promise, oh, excuse me, but in finding freedom, we want to do that in the context of groups. And we want you to live life with other people. Then in isolation, is often a little hard to find freedom. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's hard to find freedom. But when you're in a group with somebody, you can begin to find that path to freedom by some accountability, by doing life with one another. Confess your sins to one another. God is faithful and just to heal you. So we're a church of groups. We're not a church with groups, but we're a church of small groups. And you can see sign-ups during the grill and chill, as well as discover purpose. The Bible says, God said, I will redeem you. Redeem means to bring you back to your original intent. So that redemption is what is your original, what is your original intent? What is God's purpose for your life? And I understand that's a big word, purpose. It can mean this, it can mean that. You know, I, I once bumped my son into the wall by mistake, and he said, Dad, you did that on purpose. But I'm here to tell you that God made you on purpose and for a purpose in your life. And so we encourage you to go to Grow Track and find out what is your purpose. Like Pastor Monica said, Grow Track next, next week, we're actually, because of Easter, we're combining steps one and step two uh, during the month of April. So if you're that, you know, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone kind of person, I encourage you to go to Grow Track next week. And here's our last one for today it's making a difference. This is the A team, making a difference. This is going beyond the walls of our church to say, how can I make a difference for the glory of Jesus Christ? How can I use my purpose? How can I use my gift? And how can I make a difference? That Exodus 6, 7 says, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. I will be your God. So we're going to break this down today. But let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. And Father, I thank you that during this word, we're going to revelation, Father. That God, I ask you through the power of your spirit to break this down for us. Help us to make sense today that, Father, we walk out of here with some action steps. We walk out of here knowing what, what is our next step. And everybody said, I made you say amen so I can get a drink of water, all right? Now, I don't know about you, and I kind of wanted to gauge this real quick, but growing up, you know, in the Midwest, we had what's called supper. We call it dinner here, right? Dinner time. My parents called it supper. 
And I don't know if this is anybody else. I really do kind of want to do like a quick survey. But if you're, you know, you have, you have, you have food on your plate. But I want to ask this. Did your parents make you have a happy plate? Does anyone here know what that means, a happy plate? Just my weird parents. I get it. I understand. I, feel, I see a few nods. But we had to have what's called a happy plate. So my parents would load my plate up with food. And I had to eat the entire plate. And so if I, if I had some vegetables left over or, you know, some like KFC coleslaw, which is it's disgusting. It's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I would say, I'm done. I'm good. And my parents would go, you don't have a happy plate. <laughs> now, just so you know, in the Midwest, portion control is a little different in the Midwest, all right? <laughs> portion control is like meat and potatoes, these ginormous things on a plate. And you're an eight-year-old going, I can't eat this. And he's like, happy plate. So I grew up to be a very stock young man and a very strong young man with that meat and potatoes diet. So now fast forward in Vegas, even this week, here at Avenue Church, we value food, okay? We love food. There's the Last Supper, you know, we're going to eat in heaven, all this. We value food. But this week, my neighbor, she, uh, he texted me and said, my wife made some, and she's from, uh, he's from Texas, she's from Louisiana, and she, uh, she made some, some homemade, I could get on the edge of the stage here, some homemade Jambalaya. Yes, taste and see that the Lord is good. So she brought some jambalaya over, and uh, Adam brought some over, and there's on this, you know, this big tray, and so he brought it over, and we're crying, tears of joy, you know, thank you, Jesus, right? And we opened the thing up. It was so good that I might have had two happy plates or three happy plates. But I bring that up because I believe as we talk about making a difference, as we talk about a life of fulfillment, that God wants to give you a full plate, but we're the ones to determine how much we eat. We're the ones to determine, do you know what? Do I walk away still a little hungry? Do I walk away completely satisfied? Do I walk away with the fullness of Jesus Christ? And that's what I want to dissect today, that how do we live a full life? How do we live a, a life of complete fulfillment? I see this up on the screens, but God intended for you to live a life of fulfillment. That might sound like such, a, such an easy, like, you know, just a quick, you know, cute catchphrase. But this is something that is loaded, that God has always intended for you to live a life of fulfillment. He's always intended for you to live a life of fulfillment. But you see, the devil has lied to a lot of people. That many people believe that we cannot have a fulfilled life. And what happens is we settle for so much less. We become victims. And we say, God, God, God can't use, God doesn't want to give me a life of fulfillment. God doesn't want to use me to make a difference because of this and because of that. But I'm here to tell you that at Avenue Church, we simply want to make a way for people to know Jesus and to experience life. What kind of life? A life to the fullest. A life to the full. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. The thief's purpose, this is the enemy. This is what he tries to do on a daily basis. His purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He will do whatever it takes to take you out. And oftentimes, he'll start right here. He'll start right here. But this is God's purpose. God's purpose is to give life in all its fullest. Say amen right there, all right? In all its fullest. That the ultimate goal is for you to live the unlived life. For you to live a life 
that we have not been living. And I, I got to understand, I'm preaching to myself as well today. Now, how do we live a life in complete fulfillment? As I begin to study this, I begin to see a picture of, of low and medium and high, that we have these settings on our life, and often when we come to Avenue, we walk in and we go, eh, low, I'm not feeling that well today, or low, I, I just don't, I don't think I have purpose. When God says, I want you to put it on high, I want you to live life to the fullest. So I'm going to give you three points real quick, three bad news, and I'm going to give you some good news today. But why do so many people live unfulfilled. So number one, we let our past cripple us. Now I've said this many times throughout the series. Pastor Lindsay said it in Finding Freedom, that what we get stuck in step two, that we're asking God, okay God, you took me out of Egypt, you took me out of slavery, you took me out of sin, but I need, I need slavery to get out of me. But I want to take it a step further today and say, yes, I want God to take sin out of our lives and take slavery out of our lives, but also we got to let the past go. You the people that have the, the worst past, I see them living a life of fulfillment by using their past as a testimony to reach others. That's when you see the power of a fulfilled life. In Psalms 38, verse 4 and 6, it says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. That is not God's plan for your life. That God says, My burden is easy. My yoke is light that I have a life of fulfillment for you. I want you to live life to the fullest, and God is here to set us free from our past. So I want you to listen to this, that life change happens in the context of relationships. Life change happens in the context of relationships. That allow others, allow God to use others to empower you. Now, I want you to know that God loves people, and he loves you. That God is such a wonderful God that he could literally just come down to this earth and say, I'm going to heal you, I'm going to set you free. But because God loves people so much, not only will he set us free, but he says, I'm going to use you to set that person free. Now, I'm going to place a purpose in your life because of your, your hurt, because of your pain, because of what you're going through. I'm going to use your story to heal their story. But that's what God wants to do in the context of relationships. That's why groups are so important to us. That's why we're not saying, okay, everyone else is doing groups, so we need to do groups. That is not our intent. Our intent is let's get people together. That if you want to grow, let's put you together some believers that are growing. I've heard said it over and over again. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. That the people you're hanging out with are the people you're going to become. The people you're hanging out with is the person you're going to become. And so me, I always try to surround myself with, 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 with fun people, number one, all right? I like fun people. Fun people, but also people that are growing in the things of God. People that will push me. People that will help me understand different things in life. Don't hang around the past, but let God's word dictate your future. So we let the past enslave us, but also, number two, we let culture define us. We let culture define us. And I've seen this as a step three issue. I've seen this as a purpose issue, that we never discover God's plan, God's design for our lives 
But I want to take it a step further. We allow culture to set our identity. We allow culture to say, no, 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 that's not your purpose. This is your purpose right here. That we allow culture to dictate our identity. That culture is trying to change the identity of relationships, of marriage, of individuals, of even church. Now I want to hear tell you that the devil wants to rename you. He wants to confuse you. And he wants to condemn you. The Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says this, Am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? That's a, to me, that's, that's a tough question. For me as a pastor, I love people. But i got to be careful of this. Am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I have found that when you stop caring about what others think, and I don't mean that in a negative way, like haters going to hate, you know, no, calm down, you know. <laughs> but when you say, you know what, I care more about what God thinks in my life, that's when you begin to find we have something to prove. Now here at Avenue Church, we, we didn't start this church because we have something to prove. People in the A-team didn't come here and say, I need to join this life-giving church because I have something to prove. We don't do worship on every Sunday because we have something to prove. We don't love people because we have something to prove. No, we do all this because we are approved by God. That God says you have a purpose in your life. I'm going to use you for my praise and for my glory. I'll calm down. I'll settle down a little bit here. But we need to get on growth track. Because growth, growth track begins to help you find your definition. Helps you find your purpose. And here's the last negative one. Here's some last bad news. Is we try to do it all alone. We try to do it by ourselves. You know, I often think, why, why do we do things alone? I wrote this down. Because when we begin to expose ourselves, sometimes when you love more, you hurt more. And when you love others, people disappoint. And so in the context of in isolation, there's so many times when we, when we go out there and we, we open up a little bit, people hurt us. And the enemy's going to go, they're going to keep hurting you. They're going to keep destroying you. You might as well live in isolation. You see, I want you to understand, yes, yes the devil wants to hurt our marriage. Yes, he wants to hurt relationships. That through that divorce, though, he's going to take it a step further. That he said, all right, I ruined that marriage, but also I'm going to make sure they never trust again. I'll make sure they never trust again. That when we live guarded, we're not living a life of fulfillment. That God designed his life for you to be fulfilled with the help of others. That true fulfillment never comes alone. That God never intended for you to be an island. That's why here at Avenue, you might see hashtags, don't do life alone. On the A-team, you might see hashtags, don't do ministry alone. That we just don't want to do things alone. Not because I'm an extroverted kind of guy and let's talk and let's, you know. No, because I believe it's a biblical promise that in the context of relationships, we can grow together. In the context of relationships, we can see errors and flaws and weaknesses and say, how can I help in that area? So here's the question of the day. What brings fulfillment? What brings fulfillment? 
Here in Exodus chapter 6, it says, I will take you as my own people. I will take you as my own people. So here's the first clue. That God never promised, I'll take you as my own people. He never promised to make you a fulfilled person. I want you to catch that. He never promised to make you a fulfilled person. He promised to make you a fulfilled people. He says, I will take everybody and I will bring fulfillment, but we're going to do it together. We're going to make a difference together. That we're going to live a life of fulfillment because you're not called to be isolated. That when Adam was in the garden, God said it is not good for man to be alone. And I praise God for that because he made a woman. He made Eve. Amen. Settle down. But God said, I made you a fulfilled person. The ultimate fulfillment comes when you're part of a team. It's about finding family. It's about finding a group to belong to that, make, that is making a difference. It's about seeing a life-giving church. And you know what? There's great churches in this city. But it's finding something you can connect to to say, how can I make a difference? So he says this, I will be your God. You see, when he's saying, I will be your God, he said, you will be my people, and I intend to get involved in your life. I intend to bring fulfillment in something that makes a difference. As I begin to study this out, in the 1940s, 1943, there's a really smart guy named Maslow. And Maslow made a hierarchy of needs. And as I began to study this, I was going, this is like, this is way too, like, this is too crazy. But what I found fascinating that I had to share was that he made a theory that said, what motivates people? How can, what, what motivates them to live a life of fulfillment? So when needs are not met, we're motivated with action to get our needs met. So he breaks this down, and he stated, people were seeking fulfillment, so I'm going to make a chart, because I'm smart. And so here's my chart. He lists four things back in the 1940s, all right? So put those up real quick. Here's the four things he wrote down. Physical needs, that we, have, we, we find fulfillment, physical needs, whether that's sleeping. I'm looking at my wife right there, sleeping, right? Eating, hallelujah, right? Eating, you know, all those different things. Shelter, warm. But also he said safety needs. So we meet our physical needs, you know, like I lost weight, ask me how, right? But then the second one is safety needs, protection from elements, security, law and order, limits, stability. But he wrote down the third one, love needs. Like, like we'll get fulfilled when we have our love needs met. A belongingness, our love is met, family, affection, relationships. And he said, here's the last one, esteem needs. Self-esteem, achievement, recognition, to be complimented. That if you have those four things, you're going to live a life of fulfillment. So a couple years go by, and he's realizing people are not finding fulfillment. He's realizing people are not getting to where they need to go. So he added four more. I like that, all right? He's like, just kidding, guys. <laughs> you know, I gave you half the puzzle. Now here's another four. So put up those other four. So he writes this. He writes cognitive needs. I hope I said that right. So knowledge, meaning to understand, to know. So the more you increase the knowledge, the more fulfillment you're going to find in life. He wrote down aesthetic needs, appreciation, desire for beauty. He wrote this last one here. He said self-actualization needs. And he thought this was the highest before he added the last one. It says, realizing 
personal potential and self-fulfillment. Winning that football game, excelling at sports, doing great at your job. He says, if you, if, you, if you do great at your job and you climb that corporate ladder and you're making all that money, he's like, you're going to be fulfilled. But he realized he had to add this last one, which is transcendent needs. And what this means is he began to study this out and he realized that there's something greater than just meeting your full potential. He wrote this out. He said, the greatest need in a person's life, the ultimate life lived, is when we look beyond our needs and we help others. When we help others. And that's where he stopped. If you want to make a difference, if you want to live a life of fulfillment, we got to help others. That real joy comes not from making a lot of money. Real joy comes not from having a lot of pleasure. Real joy comes not from things, but real joy comes from knowing my life is productive. My life is making a difference. If I wrote this down, ultimate fulfillment comes when you're part of a family making a difference because God is on your side. Because God is on your side. I can't tell you just how honored I am in this season. But you might be asking, so how do I make a difference? So here's my three good news real quick. Number one, how do I make a difference? How do I live that life of fulfillment? How do I move on from here? I wrote this down. Number one, if you're taking notes, it begins with a calling. It begins with a calling. Now, many of us, if we grew up in church, when you hear that calling, you're going to be thinking, well, that's just you, pastor. Like, God called you to do it, and so you have a calling. I'm just going to do what I'm doing. And that's not what it means. That you got to know your why. That people begin to lose their way when they lose their why. When you don't know why, you can begin to lose your way. That God called you on purpose for a purpose. So here's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. That God who first saved us, that's knowing God, and then called us to his holy work. That's making a difference. We had nothing to do with it. It was his idea, a gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. I love this, that God saved us, then he called us to a holy work. Will you call work that's fulfilling? Holy. Will you call uh, coming here at 7.30 in the morning and we're on the setup team and we're laughing and we're having fun? Will you call that holy work? It's work that's fulfilling. It's work that you'll hit that buzzer. I know some of you all did this this morning. You hit that buzzer, goes off, and you go, I need five more minutes. I need another hour. No, it's fulfilling where we say, I got to get there because I'm going to make a difference. But number two, it stands on a cause. It stands on a cause. That there's a calling that God has called every single one of us. But also, there's a cause that making a difference must be centered on a cause. That our cause is to serve the one who saved us. Our cause is to make a difference in this city and people around us. That here at Avenue Church, our cause is people. That Acts chapter 20, I'm just going to read this, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others good news about his wonderful grace. So I want you to know, doing something 
that makes a difference brings joy. Brings joy in your life. That the happiest people on this planet are those that are making a difference. I cannot tell you on every Sunday how much fun we have on the A-team. I can't tell you how much fun coordinators come over to my house on Tuesday nights. We're there a while. Why? Because we're having fun. We're telling stories. We're sharing highlights. We're enjoying making a difference. That we're going to be excited in every Sunday. I love what somebody told me this morning. He said, did you just, did you just get back from vacation? I said, uh, no, why? He says, you're, you're happy. I had a friend of mine last week. She visited. She's a great, a good friend. And she made a statement as she saw all the workings. She saw the teardown of everything. She saw the growth track. And she made a statement. She said, everyone's excited. Like, like, like it's so evident. They're pumped. They're, they're, I mean, it's just awesome to see. But I'm here to tell you, Avenue, we're, we record this on a podcast, so I want you to bring it up later. But we're going to be excited in our first month. Oh, that church is just excited because it's their first month. They're just pumped. We're going to be excited in our first six months. We're going to be excited in our first year. We're going to be excited five years in, ten years in. We're going to be excited till I'm like 90 and I can't see because I already can't hear. I'm just going to be, praise the Lord, you know. What's wrong with that guy? Why? Because when you're making a difference, when you're living a life of fulfillment, you can't help it but to have joy. You get excited. And I'm not here trying to force it. It's something that's so authentic. It's something that God places in us, that when we're operating with God and by God and for God, it's an amazing thing. Now, i got to share my story real quick. I believe I was called to the ministry and I was serving and, and God was doing good things, but then God placed me in a season where I felt I didn't have purpose. He placed me in a season where I didn't feel like I was making a difference. He placed me in a season where I was not looking forward to every single day. And I realized that he had to place me in that season to prepare me for my purpose. He had to place me in that season because he said, guess what? You're doing so great. Yes, you're a pastor. Yes, you're a minister. But you still got a little bit of Egypt in you. But God, I'm on the fourth step. I'm going to make a difference. And God says, no, you need to still get some Egypt out of you. And in that season, I've now seen that God built this extraordinary thing, this wonderful gift from God. To say 59 people have accepted Jesus since February 12th. That's something we celebrate. That's something we're excited about. Why? Because we're making a difference. And here's my last point. It spreads out of me. From me to we. And that's what God had to get out of me. He said, I love you. I've given you a purpose. I'm going to use you to make a difference. But it's not about you. It goes from me to we. I'm going to place you around an amazing team. I'm going to place you around an amazing group. I'm going to place you around amazing church family. And through that, we're going to make a difference together. That when you go from me to we, we begin to realize we can't do it by ourselves. But it's no fun doing it by yourself. It is so great to see God place people in your life for areas of healing, for areas of fulfillment, 
that God says, I'm going to use them to bring some healing to your heart today. That never underestimate the need for team. Because I want you to know your greatest frustration is because of isolation. That Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. I don't know about you, but I want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference. That I want to live that fulfilled life, but that all happens with saying, God, you called me, but what is my cause? That last week we discovered our gifts and our purpose, but what do I use it for? How do I take that next step? How do I begin to live that life of fulfillment? That if you want to attend a church, I want you to understand that this church wants to be a church that makes the difference in the lives of people. That this church, we're going to go missions trips. We're going to go overseas. At this church, we're going to love our community. We're going to love our neighbors. At this church, we want to bless other churches. At this church, we're going to have multi-services. We're going to do multi-site. Why? Because when God brings people together for a purpose and on purpose, you just can't help but make a difference. Because it's no longer about me. It is now about we. And when it becomes about we, it all becomes about the glory of Jesus Christ. And here's how I really want to close. I got a timer. I'm doing good. But in these four promises, the Jewish culture called these the four I wills. So knowing God was the cup of sanctification or the cup of salvation. Finding freedom, that was the cup. That they begin to break it all down. And here's his last cup. They said this is the cup. It's an amazing cup that they wanted to use and they called it the cup of fulfillment. But they also had another name for it. Here's step one. They called it the cup of praise. That they would take step one, here's step one, knowing God, they would drink it. Step two, this is finding freedom, they would drink it. Step three, this is uh, discover purpose, they would drink it. That fourth cup, they find it, they had a cup of praise. Why? Because they have four cups already, all right? But they grab that last cup, a cup of praise. And I begin to realize they also called it the cup of hallel, where we get the word hallelujah from. That the word halal means this in the Greek, it means to celebrate. And when we say hallelujah, you might hear that in a worship service. You might hear a, a pop artist sing it in one of her songs. But she'll say hallelujah. That means to celebrate. That when I say hallelujah, I'm saying, God, I celebrate what you have done. That when we live a life of fulfillment, you just can't help but live a life of praise. That when we live a life of fulfillment, it's no longer about me, but it's now about we. That when we worship, yes, we have needs that need to, that need to be met. Yes, we have prayers that need to, be, be, need to be answered. But when you're living that life of fulfillment, sometimes we just lift our hands and we say, I praise you. I celebrate life because you gave me a life to the fullest. I celebrate life because you gave me a life of fulfillment. I can't help but praise you every single day. I can't help but praise you because I now am making a difference. My life now makes sense for his praise and for his glory. That's what I want us to do today. I want us to celebrate. I want to pray over you first because for me, 
My celebration is seeing people come to Jesus. 59 people accepted Jesus, didn't join the church, didn't do all that, just accepted Jesus and took a step. They took a step. 54 people went through growth track. Why? Because they want to make a difference. They want to find their purpose. They're serving today on the A team. I celebrate that. But I want to celebrate people giving their lives to Jesus first and foremost. So we bow our heads, close your eyes. And you might be here today and you're saying, I've tried many different ways to find fulfillment, but I'm not living a life to the fullest. If you're here today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, now Jesus heard you that that first step to take is to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, to believe that he died and that he rose again, and say, will you be my Savior? I've tried to do all that I can with this life, but now I give it to you. Let's see what you can do with it, Jesus. Let's see the plans that you have for my life. Because I want to live a life of fulfillment. I want to live a life of making a difference. If that is you today, I just want you to raise a hand to say, I need to accept Jesus as my Savior. I need to accept him as my Lord. If that is you, just raise a hand, and you can put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is awesome. And when you raise your hand, we want to know that. And if you fill a connect card, checkbox that box, and we just want to help you find your next step. If you're here today and you say, I'm a Christ follower, I believe in Jesus. I've discovered my gifts. I want you to understand if we follow our passions, we can be led astray. But if we follow our purpose, it'll lead to a passion that'll never fade away. If you're here, I just simply want to encourage you today. I'm going to pray over you. And then we're going to celebrate for those hands that went up. I want to pray a blessing over your life. A revelation that God wants to bless you. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for Avenue Church. Father, I thank you for those hands that went up today. They're taking a step to accept him. Now, Father, I thank you today that you have a difference that you want to make a difference through every single person here today. That, Father, I pray that you begin to help us to take that next step. That, Father, whether it's fear, whether it's intimidation, whether we're listening to the past or allowing culture to define us, that, Father, I pray, help us to take that next step in how we can make a difference. Whether that be a group, whether that be a growth track, or joining the A-team. Now, Father, I, once again, I thank you and I praise you. On the count of three, I want us to praise. On the count of three, I want us to stand to our feet and we're going to do a song called Joy. And I want you to praise him because he is good. I want you to praise him because I want to celebrate what God has done. 
in Avenue Church today. Will you stand with me, please? One, two, three. Let's praise him.
missing something. We want you to see joy. We want you to see that this isn't something that is insincere. This is not something that's not genuine. But we are authentically joyful because life offers enough difficulties, doesn't it? Life brings enough things our way that we want you to find joy in the presence of the Lord and feeling in the presence of the Lord. So real quick, as you're making your way out today, I want to remind you of just a couple things. Number one, April brings growth track here again. It's two weeks, four steps in two weeks. That is easy. And we'd love you for to join us right after service next Sunday for step one and two. And the following week will be step three and four. Easter is right around the corner. And we are so excited for Easter at Avenue. We're going to have two services, 930 and 11. And so we have flyers, that invitations that we would love for you to take with you as you make your way out the door. We're going to hand those to you. Invite a friend. Hear me. You are at Avenue today because somebody invited you, whether it was through social media, whether it was through a mailer, but we are here today as a result of someone saying, hey, come check out this church. So I encourage you, take a few of them, plan them throughout your neighborhood. Tell them that something awesome is happening here. So God bless you guys. Have an amazing week, and we will see you again next Sunday, 10 a.m. right here. Take care, everybody. Love y'all.